0: You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Doing the Work Postgame Show. As today we talk about your number seven and six ranked Indiana Hoosiers beating Michigan State yesterday by a seventy-six to fifty-eight score at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Indiana now eighteen and three overall, ten and one in the Big Ten. And in case you didn't see it today on Sunday. Michigan lost at Northwestern so IU now two games clear in the lost column in the Big Ten standings. I'm your host Jeff Marlowe here with my co-host Kathy Amos and today we have a special guest joining us Sean Cron and we will break it all down for you on this edition of the Doing the Work the new show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering IU women's basketball. Let's start this show the way we start every show and that's with our banner moment. And our banner moment today, we could have had a few to pick from yesterday, but I'm going to go with Grace Berger's third quarter. She scored 17 points in the third quarter alone, outscoring Michigan State by herself. They were held to 14 on her way to a career high, 29 points. And we'll talk more about Grace's effort, I'm sure, later in the show. So our banner moment today is Grace Berger's third quarter in yesterday's victory over Michigan State. And our Banner Moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their first as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And did you know that among Homefield's large collection of vintage IU apparel is a shirt commemorating one of the most successful seasons in the history of the women's basketball program? It's true. When you go to the IU collection, you'll find a T-shirt commemorating the 1983 season when Indiana won the Big Ten. And made its first NCAA tournament appearance. Given what the women's team is doing now under Terry Morin, it might be time for a new shirt soon. And if you support other college teams or have people in your life who do, Homefield probably has something for them too. Their product line now extends to more than 120 different schools with unique vintage logos for all of them. And no matter what you buy, you know it will be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. What could be better than that? Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to, for 15% off your entire first order. That That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, now it's time to move the ball, find the open player, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And we're going to start out with Kathy and the Amos Angle
1: all right great thanks jeff uh just to for those listening and following along in the chat and wondering how this uh, uh third guy jumped into the show here um sean is actually my husband and i don't know so much if he's a willing participant or not but um he watches all the games with us anyway and we thought we'd uh, throw him into the mix here and see uh, see how we can do if we can uh, get a third person to kind of add different um perspectives to the, to to the games and things we're trying to do. So um, be gentle with Sean today. Uh, It's his first (laughs) time. So (laughs) um, we'll give that a shot. So in terms of the game, though, I, I think for me, it just showed again, once again, the depth of this team, right? We had not one person again, that was the has to be the star always, from game in to game out. Today, or yesterday, it was Grace Berger, but we had five players that scored in double digits. And that was the second time that's happened all year. And one of those five was somebody that came in off the bench with Chloe Moore McNeil. She came in and gave the team another uh, nice game with with another double digit game uh, with 10 points. And, And I think, It's been fun to see as we've been really breaking down and really going into depth of the team over the last couple of months now, the growth of this team. So we were really concentrating on our lack of bench early on between Jeff and I when we were doing our podcasts. And now we're talking about Chloe Moore McNeil coming in off the bench and giving us double digits. She had a double double last game and now this. And so for me, it's the growth of the team and not just, we've always talked about the strength of our starting five when we had Mac available. And now without Mac, even we have Keonda Brown even though you may look at her stat line, she is a huge contributor to this team. You have Chloe Moore McNeil that's coming in and giving great minutes. And the growth of this team is something that I thought was very much on display yesterday.
0: Yeah. And, and, and we've talked about it a number of times. Um, and I didn't know quite what to call the segment. So we'll call it Sean's summation.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Jeff and uh, Kathy for uh, having me on and uh, um, I'm glad to be here. Um, yeah. I think, uh, uh, you know, adding to what Kathy said, you know, yesterday with the uh, uh, five players uh, scoring in double digits it uh, was just incredible, and and watching them control that game, um, and and not only that, but now that we've uh, you know, with going in and actually you know putting on a good showing against a Michigan State team that just beat Michigan, and you know now we are in in clear you know clearly in front of the uh, Big Ten standings and. Uh, I think we just need to uh, continue this play and uh, uh, continue the effort and finish the finish the season strong so that we can uh, come home with a uh, Big Ten banner.
0: And, and, Kathy, let's bring this into this part of it as well. It was reported yesterday. Pictures were taken. Mackenzie Holmes was actually dressed and went through warm-ups. She did not play. But I'll kind of throw it to you first and then get Sean's opinion. Do you think we see her later this week, by by the end of the week, possibly against Iowa?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good guessing game on our part right now, but gosh, it, all signs point that way, right? I mean, she's um, still wearing a heavy knee brace and, and wraps pretty tightly. Um, didn't expect to see her to play, but to be honest, I didn't expect to see her dressed yesterday either. So we have a quick turnaround going out to Nebraska tomorrow. Uh, so I don't think that hopefully they wouldn't play her there, but I would sure hope that we'll see her against Iowa um, next weekend. So I, I'm crossing my fingers on it, and but it, all signs seem to – point that way and terry morin's you know uh, comments earlier in the week seem to point that way as well that's that mac is ahead of schedule as well so um we'll really need her with with iowa they've got a really good um post player on their team and so i'm really hopeful we'll we'll have her back for that john
0: got anything else you want to add
2: no i think uh you know the nail on the head there i mean i think that uh you know with everything we've been hearing about mckenzie this whole whole uh you know, during her injury is that she's ahead of pace. She's you know, ahead of, you know, the therapy coming back. And uh, I think it'll be, you know, it, you know, it'll be exciting game once we get her back and get her in the mix. And, you know, with the, uh, with the how the team has been playing, how strong they've become recently, and if we can get uh, McKenzie back in there, and it's just going to really, really be awesome.
0: As we continue our breakdown of today or yesterday's Indiana win over Michigan State, we'll point out meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to the Doing the Work Post Game Show. I'm Jeff Marlowe here with my co-host Kathy Amos, our guest today, Sean Cron, and we are breaking down to Indiana's 76-58 win over Michigan State yesterday. It's time for today's Meaningful Moments, and we're going to kind of do what we did the last episode. This is, by the way, I'm going to give credit. This was kind of Kathy's idea, and and maybe uh, even a little bit of input from Sean as well, that especially some of these games having been on BTN+, Plus, thankfully. Tomorrow, by the way, at Nebraska is not on BTN+, Plus. it's a BTN game, and we'll repeat that later. Um, We're going to kind of break it down quarter by quarter. So, uh, Kathy, I'll let you go first, and what did you find in the first quarter?
1: Um, Yeah, you know, I thought um, my first thing right out of the gate was writing down that Grace Berger opened us up like it was to me, it ended up being like a foreshadow of what was to come from Grace, but she opened us up real quick right after the tip going up 02 um, to give us that lead straight straight from the the very beginning of the tip off but then uh, again I think a very fantastic highlight from Nikki came at about 750 left in the first quarter where she really scrambled for for the ball and um, ended up um, forcing a jump ball um, I think it still went to if I remember I didn't write it down I should have but if I remember correctly I think it went to Michigan State but it's still I just thought it again set the tone from Nikki and what so we see from her from day game in and game out. So those are a couple of plays that that started us off pretty early.
0: Sean? Yeah, I, I
2: think uh, one of the things I wrote down, uh, you know, with 618 um, left in the first was that, you know, second chance points for Michigan State. You know, it's like they're, they're getting were leading at that time and they're getting the offensive boards and getting some second chance points. Um, and I, at that point, they're, they're leading seven to two. And then um, shortly after that, at 317, Alexa gets a block. And I believe that was her 100th block of her career, if, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then shortly after that, Chloe comes down and hits a three. We, we, we start uh, fighting back and it was, it was clear that, you know, this team, you know, they are fighting back, they were scratching, they're clawing, And then uh, Nikki, you know, to sit, you know, add to what Kathy had said, Nikki's defense. Um, she just was harassing everybody on that court again today. And it was just uh, it was just exciting to see them uh, fight in that uh, first quarter.
0: Yeah, I'll kind of go a little bit later in the first quarter, kind of bridge the media timeout. Uh, Nikki hit a three at the five minute mark, and then Alexa hit a free throw, and she was short on everything. We made to talk a little bit about Alexa. I just thought maybe she looked fatigued a little bit yesterday. And then Chloe Moore McNeil hit two free throws. So a 6 0 run over that stretch of about two and a half minutes got us back to tied at 10 to 10. And I thought that was a real key stretch in that first quarter. Kathy, anything else in the first quarter?
1: Yeah, um, I, w- I want to talk a little bit about three-point shooting, which I'm sure we'll probably get into more in depth. But we came out and I wrote down we missed three, but I think um, they credited one of them to Nicole um, Cardano-Hiller as only a two. So we, we, regardless, we hit either or missed rather a first two or three, but they, they kept with it. And as you mentioned, um, Mickey hitting that three, that was our first one uh, of the game. and. Um, I, Again, like the same thing, Chloe Moore McNeil, you know, she's been actually fairly good here recently, at least from the three, and they were letting her have it, right? Like just take it. They weren't going out and guarding her. they weren't facing up with her, and she she missed her first at least two she stuck with it and finally got one to go down at one forty-five, and it was huge because I gave us our first lead in the game with one forty-five left to go, um, putting us up um, by one point, twelve to thirteen. So, so that was a I thought an important moment um, for for our girls in that first quarter.
0: Sean, anything else in the first quarter? Yeah, I think
2: uh, one of the things that stood out to me was uh, how we closed that quarter out. Um, you know, uh, Nikki, like I said, Nikki was harassing. Uh, um, I forget her so, name. Cloud in and uh, caused a turnover. And then, right, right at the end, that final, final second of the game, um, Michigan State goes for a shot, and Alexa gets another block. Gets her second block of the game early to to end the quarter. And I think that just, you know, is once again, it set the tone, and uh, you know, it uh, really uh, showed that these girls were going to fight uh, the rest of the day.
0: Yeah, and I'll kind of pick up on that, kind of that last minute for me. Uh, Alex hit, Lex hit a free a three-point field goal with 56 seconds to go, put us up four at 16-12. to 12, Then she closed out the last possession, really, of the first quarter with a free throw, uh, mm-hmm. where she went one of two. But, um, in fact, trying to remember, that might have been... Nope. That was a, that was, it was earlier where she went one for three at the free throw at the free throw line when she'd been fouled on a three pointer, but she hit a free throw there with, with and put us up 17 to 12 uh, with five seconds to go in the quarter. So that was about all I had. Kathy, Sean, you got anything else in the first quarter?
1: Not for the first quarter time. I think that took care of all of mine.
0: Yeah, I think I'm good. All right, Sean, we'll throw it to you. What did you, for the first time around here? What about the second quarter?
2: Yeah, the second quarter, uh, one of the notes I had uh, was that, uh, IU didn't get their first turnover or didn't commit their first turnover until 8.05 in the, you know, in the second quarter. And so that's telling me that they're really taking care of the ball, Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, things got a little scrappy there. Uh, Fouls, you know, with the fouls, you know, and uh, about 6.45, you know, Michigan State's head coach gets a a technical foul. And, and, uh, you know, it was, I I think, you know, there's always, you know, you know, calls, you know, whether or not the refs say, you know, people wondering if, whether they're the correct calls or not. But I think uh, um, you could see the frustration setting in on Michigan state at that point. And um, not only with the, with the players, but with the coaching staff and, and you could see that um, it was really affecting their play. And then, you know, little under six minutes, um, clouding gets her third foul of the game already. Uh, that really, you know, at that point I was like, you know, what, what's going to happen at this point with cloud and now what's going to happen, you know, where, where are we going to go from here? Are we going to be able to take over that game? Um, and, you know, Michigan state, you know, they, they were able to, they were able to hang in there. Um, but I, I, think it was just, you know, that, that defense that, you know, that really frustrated Michigan state. Uh, I think it, you know, continued throughout that, uh, second quarter and throughout the rest of the game, honestly.
0: Kathy, what about you for the second quarter?
1: Yeah. Um, Sean's on the same theme that I, that I had for that second quarter. I wrote down my first uh, four things I wrote down in that quarter is need cloud and get in Frustrated. Um, She actually got away with a push off getting her first foul early on in that eight minute mark. Um, Nicole Cardano Hillary is just all over her yesterday. And um, she ended up, I think, uh, helping to force that second foul on Cloudon that turned into a technical. And then um, another steal from Nikki at the six minute mark, um, which was um, right after Lexi actually um, blocked. Um, and then per you know, got her third foul on her with about six minutes left. So three fouls really quick from Nia Cloud and I thought, really changed the tone of that game. And that happened there in that that second quarter.
0: Yeah, I would kind of go the other direction and piggyback off Sean just a little bit. We built up uh, to an eight-point lead there in the second quarter with 3.46 to go. Nikki's three puts up 27-19. And then I felt like we lost a little bit of focus there, or maybe Michigan state finally dug in a little bit, but they'd cut it down to th- by. So by a minute to go or 58 seconds ago, they hit another three and that cut it to three. And I got to admit, I was getting a little nervous if, if we'd gone into half only up three of a cloud with 3000, not doing much offensively, I was getting a little nervous, but that, you know, I'll save in case maybe you guys want to bring it up, but um, Sean, anything else in the second quarter?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, once again you know at the end the, at the end of the half um i had uh ali got i got a steal and then passed ahead to nikki and uh, was able to get uh, get a shot for uh, a two right as time expired at the half so um you know kind of you know once again uh, just showed that uh, you know they're they they were not going to quit but uh it uh yeah it was just a, real, a lot of fun to watch there
1: yeah kathy yeah, I think for me, um, and it goes into your comments, Jeff, about the losing focus. With the 120 mark, we had Allie with the ball, and it was, I thought for the most part, Allie had a, a good game. You know, she was coming off a really great game um, earlier in the week, uh, but she really just seemed to over-dribble again, and it ended up losing into a shot clock val- uh, violation. It ended up she was getting um, bailed out because they, they fouled her on the shot, but it, it definitely would have been a shot clock val- violation had they not fouled her. Um, I, it, unless it hit the rim of course but uh, which we don't know she ended up making her free throws um but then you know she she turned it around and then with 10 seconds left in that quarter she had a great steal um threw it out to Nicole and ended up with a layup on at the end we ended up pushing that quarter but to your point Jeff I thought we really lost an opportunity and that's what yeah. I was telling Sean when we were talking about it at halftime I thought we really lost an opportunity with both um, Nia Cloudon and I think Eck was on the bench too with foul trouble at that point there about the last three or four minutes of that quarter. I thought we lost an opportunity to really, um, open up the lead more than the five points we went into at halftime.
0: Yeah. And, and but at least we were up five and, and I kind of was had that as, as well, that play by Allie to get the steal and the assist to Nikki. I want to go back to Sean's earlier comment. I, I was really kind of, uh, I was really surprised that merchant got a T that quick because when she got the tech, it was still basically a 19 to 14 game. And I know she probably was trying to protect cloud a little bit, but I just didn't feel that you were that deep into the game to really be that upset about the officiating, especially on the road. I mean, we've seen some uh, more on the men's side, obviously, but we've seen some officiating that can be almost called atrocious. Um, but but then Grace goes to the free throw line and, and hits two free throws and, and stretches out the lead. You know, And I don't think we were going to go to the line in that situation uh, except Merchants Tech. So yeah, we'll take a couple free points there. So anything else in the second quarter? Nope, not for me. I, I didn't nope. either. So we'll move on to the third quarter. Kathy, we'll let you go first on the third quarter.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, we didn't just call the third quarter the Grace Burger Show, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> But, um, yeah. yeah, I think I actually will, will start out um, uh, uh, with a play that was actually started by Keandra Brown um, right out of the gate. She played some really huge defense that forced a I, – I didn't write it down, unfortunately, and my brain is too old to remember if it was a turnover or a missed shot. But regardless, like, it was just fantastic um, defense from from O. Keandra Brown got the ball down to grace and she started us off by splitting two defenders and going up and laying it in to get her first two buckets of that quarter. So, um, that's kind of, I think maybe going to start off a theme at least that I had down around some really great defense from Keandra Brown and some really great offense from, from, um, sorry, Grace Berger. Sean.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like Kathy said, it's, it was the, uh, The Grace Berger Show, and uh, um, it was, you know, one of the, a couple of things I pointed out in that uh, markdown in that uh, quarter also is that um, both um, Cloudin and Eck picked up their fourth fouls during that quarter um, and during that entire run, um, and IU outscored Michigan State uh, 14 to 30 in that run, and it was the most points that, by IU, in a single quarter this year. So... Uh, they they were just on fire that quarter. Um, I forget uh, what would they shoot uh, percent-wise for that quarter.
1: Like seventy something. Sef, yeah,
2: seventy some percent. It was it was it was outstanding. I mean the the all-around play. Um, they just continued to build that lead, and you could seventy
1: percent. Yeah, seventy yeah. percent.
2: Mm-hmm. And you could continue to see that Michigan state was continuing to get frustrated by the defense and they, they just couldn't get any, any good shots, uh, that quarter. And, uh, yeah, grace, grace just dominated. Uh, she was just on, on fire that entire quarter. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, so no. Jeff, I, before we go into your play, I'm going to interrupt. <laughs> um, sure. Ryan, I guess, um, <laughs> I, uh, I had, I have a question for you on that. So, so Sean mentions that both Clowden and, um, their two leading scorers got their fourth foul. And clearly, Indiana is really starting to pull away. And, and I thought it it's probably spoke probably to Michigan State's depth, the fact that their coach didn't pull either one of them and let them play with four fouls in the third quarter. But I'm curious, from your perspective as a coach, um, what you kind of thought about her leaving them in? Because, you know, I can understand in, if it was, you know, in the fourth quarter. But on the other hand, she probably needed them to stand right to keep I Indiana, which didn't work from from just completely blowing it open. But what are your thoughts on letting them play with four?
0: Well, I, I, at that point, it's risk reward and, and you were already down double digits. I I don't think she felt like and I probably would have agreed in that situation. You have to keep your your best players on the floor if they foul out. It's no different than setting them. I mean, it really is at that point. If you're, you're either you're sitting on the bench because you can't come back in the game, or because I don't let you back in the game, and and you're down double digits, so she had to do something to try and. I think she hoped that maybe she could keep it close enough to where she got to the end of the quarter, and maybe could set them for a few, you know, maybe a couple minutes each. But it obviously with with Grace playing as well as she did, and the defense locking in, but I I, I didn't have any a real concern about that. I was obviously hoping to play. Now the other thing about that. I thought – and I wasn't paying that much attention to it. Maybe I should have a little bit more because I don't think she was guarding Grace. But I probably would have been more like, let's find who she's guarding and let's go through that person, especially Cloudon. And maybe Eck was the one that was guarding Grace. And maybe that – I'm not trying to take anything away from Grace, but maybe Grace would benefit from a little bit less laxer defensive – Presence because they obviously couldn't foul. They they don't want to foul. Kids know, players know when they've got foul trouble. So mm-hmm. from that standpoint, so yeah, I didn't have a problem with what Merchant did. I think I would have done the same thing. But you know, it's six of one and half a dozen of the other. You're you know you're, you you got to make you're you down. If it'd been single digits, five six point game, then yeah, I'd be like, man, that's that's more risk than I want. But right. I, I I so. But mine was really kind of after the, f- the third quarter media timeout. Uh, Grace and and Lex pretty much. Uh, propel us to a 10 to three run and we had about three different times in that third quarter we went on a, like a 5-0 run and that's what we used to talk about can okay, talking about coaching that was one of our big things was we want we used to tell kids stop score stop or score stop score and then that way you were always extending lead and i thought that the kids did that yeah you know, the iu girl women did that very well yesterday but starting at the 353 mark grace field goal mm-hmm. michigan state field goal lex three-point field goal at 307 michigan state free throw and then at 223 grace with two free throws and then 139 grace with a field goal and an and one so you went from 5136 and that stretched to 6139. yep yeah so anything else in the third quarter from either of you
1: um really just i, I did want to I, I touched on a little bit i did want to highlight again some of the the things we had from Keonda brown because uh, again you look at her her stat sheet she's had zero points. 0 for 1 shooting, uh, four, re- excuse me, six, six rebounds, which was really showed up in the stat line. But I thought the thing she did didn't show up in the stat line. So, again, I mentioned that defense at the beginning. At the 8:22 mark, she had a big offensive rebound um, that kicked it out to Ali to drive into to uh, actually ended up making her free throw and getting fouled and and one. Um, some more defense. Um, from from Lexi. And then at the 536 mark, Keander Brown tipped actually a rebound out to Allie um, that led into a fast break. Uh, the the fourth foul on Nia Cloudon was Keander Brown taking a charge from her. So I thought that third quarter, you had your two two dichotomies, right? We had Grace, which offense is clearly easy to see. And so to see it in the stat sheets and watch on television, I think Keander just does some of those things you don't, Always notice when you're just watching the game, and when I look back through my notes, it was a lot of Keander Brown in it in that third quarter.
0: Mm-hmm. Sean, anything else? Um,
2: you know, I, I think uh, it was just uh, you know, one kind of on to add to Kathy's was uh, uh, Nikki Cardonio uh, Hillary. Um, I mean, she she did so much defensively that didn't get noticed. Uh, I mean, and it was more that, you know, she was on cloud in um, most of the game and she, she pretty much shut her down and, and shut her down in that, uh, that third quarter. And uh, it, it really helped to uh, help propel uh, us to the lead.
0: Yeah. So I didn't have anything else for the third quarter. And so let's move on to the fourth quarter and Sean, we'll throw it right back at you. What about the fourth quarter? uh fourth quarter
2: one of the things i had was uh chloe you know with the 804 um in the in the quarter she hit a uh, long two that we thought was a three we were hoping it was a three uh and then she comes down a minute later uh so with 710 left hits another three um and you know that was the one where brown kept the possession alive with a tip out uh it was it was just so so exciting seeing her get involved uh hit a couple of those three point three pointers early um, and then, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, in that, in that quarter, uh, Grace ended up, you know, h- hitting a new career high, um, you know, with, uh, you know, she had, uh, 27 points at that point, ended up with, uh, is it, uh, 20. 29 and, uh, you know, 19 of those points came in the second half. So, um, it, it was just, you know, once again, it was just, they just kept the, uh, their uh, foot on the gas and just you know kept cruising to a victory
0: yeah kathy
1: yeah uh, uh, i'll actually jump onto one of the, the moments that, that Sean talked about, which was Chloe Moore McNeil with her long two. That actually came with an assist from Grace. And I, again, I thought that showed Grace's complete game yesterday was not forcing things. She she tried to drive the ball in and just wasn't there for her. She probably could have forced up a shot, but she didn't. She took what, what the defense gave her and actually kicked it out to Chloe Moore McNeil for that. Um, and then Grace, again, just leading the – um, the team here with three assists yesterday as well, which is what, uh, what she's actually assists are down, right. Which is not unusual when you score 29 points. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, she, she's been definitely leading the team with, uh, I think she's been averaging close to five assists a game. So again, just great stuff from Grace.
0: Yeah, and I, I really didn't have anything other than Chloe's uh, little stretch there. Not that the kids weren't playing totally, you know, playing well. Just that fourth quarter kind of became a back and forth. And then it was nice to see us get some kids in off the bench like Mona Zarek and Ariel Wisney into mm-hmm. the game. Even though they only got a couple minutes, I like the fact that we were able to get those kids at least some floor time and, and such. But like I said, the the – Kind of the last six, seven minutes of the fourth quarter kind of was back and forth. So I didn't really have anything that stood yeah. out per se other than Chloe's moment.
1: Yeah. I, I think the thing that stood out for me in the fourth quarter was at the 2.30 mark, Nia Cloudon made a basket, and that was her first one since the first yeah. quarter. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, again, she played, it wasn't like she wasn't playing and not scoring again. I, I think it was a testament to Nicole's um, just pesky defense. And so uh, you have somebody that, you know, with me cloud who averages 21 points per game and they held her to 10 and I believe a good chunk of those came after that two thirty mark when she finally made that, that basket. Uh, but overall, I I just think, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little more when we talk numbers, but just, The defense in general, you had Mia Clouden averaging 21, held to 10. You had Eck, who averages 12 points per game, held to seven. And Michigan State as a team actually averages 73 points. We held them to 58 points. And it's just a constant theme, and it's something that you can say, I think you're going to rely on um, game in and game out, where we're going to usually hold teams to under 70. We've only had a team once score us in 70 points.
0: Yeah. And Sean, do you have anything else?
2: Uh, no, I was actually going to highlight that same moment. Uh, so she beat me to it.
0: <laughs> and I will agree with Kirkwood here in the chat and with the workaholics that I think you have to. Nicole Cardano, Hillary, definitely is going to be in that conversation for Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Ten, just as because uh, I think I heard the other day she's either like second or third in steals in the conference, and obviously she gets some of the 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 prime uh, assignments when it comes time to defending. So, but that was all the meaningful moments I had as well. So let's next is time to go inside the numbers and pick out a few key stats to discuss, team and individual. And Kathy, I'll let you go first.
1: Sure. Um, well, I, I already highlighted kind of some of our defense's numbers, and Sean started to touch on the, the turnover. So I'm, on, I'm actually going to start there. Um, again, our team goal is um, 12 turnovers for the game. We ended with seven, but it, we had none in the first quarter, none in the third quarter. We had five in the second quarter, which means we ended up even with you know more of our bench players coming in. And you know, as you said, Jeff, it was a little bit more back and forth. Only two in the, the fourth quarter. So seven turnovers to me um, in that compared to we forced 11, which. To be honest, i was surprised when I saw that number. I thought we forced more, um, but I, I think it was just tough defense all around that maybe didn't force turnovers per se, but a lot of missed shots from from Michigan State. So to me, um, again, just seven turnovers is just outstanding. Mm.
0: Sean, anything for you?
2: Yeah, I, I think for me it, it's just the, uh, the shooting percentage um, throughout the game. Uh, they, ended, they ended up shooting 44% overall. Um, Indiana did. But uh, you know, going in into I think the second quarter, they were only they were only shooting thirty percent at that time. Um, so they were, it was kind of up and down, and they they got down at the beginning of the game. You know, weren't weren't shooting real well, and then uh, that third quarter, it just uh, it really took off. They really sparked uh, sparked the entire team, and uh, they were all starting to hit shots at that point, and uh, they really it, you know turned it on, and uh, it was uh, it, it was just a dominating performance.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how when one player starts to hit a couple shots, others will too. And of course, obviously Grace was hitting a lot of shots in that third quarter. But yeah, I mean, when you look at it, overall, outside of that third quarter, they still really didn't shoot the ball all that well. And and right. still like like Kathy said, held them to 58. I'm gonna kind of look at, and we end up losing the battle, but early in the game, Sean, you kind of mentioned this. We were really getting out rebounded something pretty bad in that first part about first five, six, seven minutes of the first quarter. and it ended up, they only ended up out rebounding us thirty six to thirty three. So be, to be able to get back into a situation where we only lost that battle by a couple, And, you know, when you're hitting shots like you do in the third quarter, there's not as many rebound opportunities either. So um, I I thought that the that that number to me was huge, because early on, that was a number that was trending toward being, you know, a double digit margin for for Michigan State. So for the team to get back into the and rebounding a little bit better throughout the last three quarters, I thought was a big number. Kathy, anything else?
1: Yeah, um, kind of just to jump on, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about three-point shooting. I thought that they were shooting a lot of three-pointers in that first quarter, and they seemed to to really um, bring that back in to something that was more manageable. They ended up uh, shooting seven, 7 to 20 for 35%, which actually is pretty pretty good. But that first quarter, it was definitely pretty rocky until, like you mentioned, I think they started seeing the ball go in. Um, the other thing I wanted to, to point out was, again, without Mac, we were almost even in points in the paint. You know, we were 20 yep. for 18, and I thought that led to um, a lot of, uh, you know, shooting 27 free throws and made 21 of them. So we ended up making more free throws than they shot. And I think, again, those points in the paint and the free throws go together because I thought they were actually pretty aggressive, which we saw a couple games ago where they didn't shoot a lot of free throws because they weren't driving the ball as much. So, um I, I think being even in that points in the paint were, was was an important number that I like to keep an eye on as we uh, still have Matt working our way back.
0: <laughs> Sean,
2: yeah, I think uh, one other thing I would like to point out is the uh, you know looking at the blocks and the steals. Uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, Alexa got her 100th block in this game. She ended up with three blocks, and you know mm-hmm. we ended up with you know that was our team total for 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 the day. Uh, Michigan State only had two. Uh, and then our, our steals, you know, uh, once again, uh, uh, we had uh, we had three steals in the game uh, to Michigan State's one. And uh, I think uh, Nicole uh, Nicole ended up with two of those steals. So uh, it, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, our defense, you know, stepped up to and, uh, you know, especially with uh, Alexa and Nicole. And they're they're really giving Michigan State problems throughout the entire day
0: yeah and i'm going to kind of use a number that you guys that kathy was talking about talking about in the paint but second chance points we won that battle 14 to 7 And if you look at we had six offensive rebounds so we were getting actually more than two points per offensive rebound i mean that's an outstanding number and michigan state only had seven second chance points on nine offensive rebounds so the defense recognized that they gave up the rebound but they did a nice job of not giving up an easy put back in there so i thought second chance points was a huge stat for me kathy anything else team or individual
1: um well I, I, yeah i mean i think we talked quite a bit individually already um we already talked about uh Grace Berger and her, you know, season high twenty nine points for her uh, nine of seventeen shooting. Um, she also contributed a team high seven rebounds and mm-hmm. uh, and tied with um, Ali Papert for a team high of three assists. So her stat line all the way across um, was really fantastic. Um, and t- and Sean already touched on the two steals from from Nikki. So those are a couple of the folks that I, I wanted to talk out um, individually from stats. Sean
2: yeah i I think uh um as well as uh nicole and uh grace uh was uh, alexa i mean she ended up with uh, 13 points uh was only four of 11 from uh field goals but had six rebounds um and and had those three blocks three and uh and i think uh, and one assist so uh she did end up with two turnovers but uh, i i think you know um She brought her defensive game uh, today and, you know, and uh, let other uh, other players step up and uh, take on the offensive part of the game.
1: Yeah, I think jumping on for Alexa, um, just to point out, you know, since Mac has been out, she's actually been averaging 17 points a game. So she's really been stepping up from an offensive perspective. And Jeff mentioned it early on. It just seemed that she was maybe a little fatigued. Yesterday, her legs weren't quite there. She was uncharacteristically missing um, shots that she probably wouldn't. She was three of seven from her free throw line, but she brought it on the defensive end. So mm-hmm. it wasn't again. You know, we may not. You know, it can contrast that to maybe sometimes with we see with other teams that we we may follow. We don't if we don't have to say if you know. Lexa goes one way, that's how the team goes. Or if Grace goes one way, that's how the team goes. You really don't know who's going to step up from game to game, but there always seems to be somebody who steps up.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned this earlier uh, with three point shooting. Joel was bringing it up with the workaholics. Uh, They only shot. I guess I wasn't that alarmed by seven threes in the first quarter, but they didn't start out very well. And I think they hit their last couple, which made that three for seven in the first quarter look a little better i um, not sure this is a team that wants to be on a 28 shot three point attempt pace, but, but, you know, like we we're pointing out in the workaholics, they shot 35%. We can live with 35% from this team because that's going to be good enough to keep teams honest on the defensive end and not allow them to just pack it in, especially once Mac gets back. Um and, and, like I said, I just thought Lex looked short on overshots. That's why I thought maybe she was a little fatigued because everything just was short, whether it was a jump shot or whether it was her free throws. Everything was front rim. And so, but, you know, they're, and again, they're going to play a lot of games here. And one of the things, it may not be a stat, but they, they played yesterday. They're going to play Monday. They play again, I believe, Wednesday. And then, uh saturday monday so they're going to play about five games in about eight nine days almost i hate saying nba type schedule WNBA type schedule but that's what you're going to get to Um,
1: yesterday's game they play six games in 13 days
0: yeah there you go thank you Uh, yeah (laughs) so uh the one of the things i want to point out here was grace was 11 11 at the free throw line Yes, yeah. they got to the free throw line 27 times, helped by a couple technicals from Michigan State, <laughs> but they shot 21 of 27. This has been a team that at times has not shot all that well at the free throw line, but yesterday they shot 78% at the free throw line. And again, you start, I, I really felt like we talked about this, Kathy, after the Illinois game. That really, for the first time since the COVID pause, and I thought yesterday continued that, it looked like they now, even though without Mac, they look a little bit more like that team that played Nebraska and Purdue before the COVID pause. And I think that shows up in the numbers. You have five kids in double figures. Uh, We didn't shoot it all that well but the balance was there, you know, nobody Well, Grace had 29, but we had five kids and and Chloe was one of those with 10. So I just think that it's a good sign to me. Now he's got to be able to get Mac back. Hopefully sooner, rather than later, I don't want her to be injured. I don't want her to be 50% anything like that. I just, I just think it's huge if you can get her some run before you get into the big 10 tournament.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that too. I
0: don't have anything else on the stats unless you two do.
1: Nope. I'm good.
0: No. No? Oh, I did want to point out one thing. You kind of did mention it. Uh, Cloud knowing had ten points and three yeah. of twelve. Three, we held her to three of twelve shooting, uh, and she was a minus twenty on the floor. And I know some people don't always like plus minus. I, I'm a bigger fan of plus minus than some people, but I, I thought that was you know to for your star on the other team to be a minus twenty was really big. So, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about here? Any additional storylines?
1: Um, it. I, I don't think so. Not specific to anything with the stats. No.
0: Okay. No. You're listening to the Doing the Work IU Post Game Show. Catch us live immediately following most IU women's basketball games. You can find us at our website, assemblycall.com. Also, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000, closing in on 10,000 your fellow Hoosier fans, have subscribed. Join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. Dot com. I'm Jeff Marlowe here with our co-host Kathy Amos and our guest Sean Cron, and we are breaking down Indiana's win against Michigan State yesterday. It's time now for our game balls, and Kathy, I'm going to let you go first on the game balls.
1: OK, well, um, I think hopefully <laughs> anyway, this is going to be a quick and easy one. It, it's got to in my mind be Grace Berger. I mean, uh, Grace had a, a season high 29 points. Again, we, we read off the stat line, Uh, it, but it wasn't just the stats and the offense that she put up, especially in that third quarter for me. It was her complete game. You know, I, I pointed yeah. out again the time when she was hit there in that fourth quarter where they brought her back when. Ah, uh, Michigan State seemed to be like they were going to go on some some of a bit of a run, and she didn't force it. Passing it out to Chloe McNeil, she still had that you know three assists again. So to me, it, in her defense, was spot on point. So I, I think this is an e- easy one anyway for for Grace. <laughs> Sean,
2: <laughs> oh yeah, you you have to give it to Grace. Uh, um, like Kathy said, her her stat line was a uh, just unbelievable. Twenty nine points, a career high. Um, led the team in, in rebounds and, uh, and, you know, assists, uh, I guess tied with Allie. But, uh, you know, she just sparked the rest of the team. You know, her, her play, uh, I think the rest of the team, you know, was, you know, saw that, and it just, it's contagious, and, and they just uh, were able to uh, go out and uh, uh, the rest of the team was able to hit some more shots in that uh, third and fourth quarter, and uh, it was just, you know, her, her all-around play just really propelled us to a win here.
0: Yeah, and I thought yesterday really for the first time in a while that Grace just looked like the flow. She hit shots. She made shots that we've gotten used to seeing Grace Berger hit over her career. And there were times this year we are like, man, that's a gracious shot, and she just it's just not falling for it. And like she said a couple times on the Grace Berger show, she's not going to stop shooting. She knows what her shots are. Her teammates trust her. Her coaching staff trusts her. And she'll come out of a slump. She just knows that, you know, every player has them, and at some point you will come out of it. And the only way you do is to keep shooting. So I didn't think it was going to be too tough of a call on Grace Berger for our game ball. So that – and here again, back to the depth of this team. Game ball so far this year now, Mac with three. Nicole with three Ally with three and now Grace Berger has three game balls and Alexa has one so you got four different players that have each won a game ball three different times so I thought that was interesting and yeah. now it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana Remember, prevention cannot be measured. So let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's Evansville Security And so, Sean, you're our guest. We're going to put you up first on the hustle award. All <laughs> Maybe right. the harder uh, one. <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> I had a tough time with this
0: one. <laughs> yeah, there's uh,
2: several.
1: Yeah.
2: My my real hustle award. Uh, I'm going to give it to Nicole Car- Cardano Hillary. Um, she she only had 12 points today on uh, on four of nine shooting, um, but she did have two steals and she helped hold Nia Cloud into 10 points, three of 12 shooting on the day. Uh, so I, I think her, her defense was just, you know, was outstanding today and, and really, uh, really, um, it just locking Nia down just really helped us today. And it was, it was exciting to see her uh, step up. And, and I, I always love watching uh, Nikki play defense. Cause it's just, I, I tell Kathy this all the time. She's like, she's like a gnat. She's all over the place and she's just, you know, you, you can't get away from her and uh, she's uh she's able to lock her down. And, uh, and it really showed today that uh, her, her defensive skills.
1: Kathy. Okay. Well, yeah, I think you can go a number of different ways here. I, I liked Chloe Moore McNeil's play again yesterday. I thought, again, coming in off the bench and end up scoring double digits play. Um, I thought Allie Papberg um, contributed a couple of times in some nice areas. Um, we talked about Lexi, but I, I am going to actually agree with Sean here. And uh, my vote is as well for Nicole Cardano and Hillary. Um, you, you take their leading scorer again at 21 points per game, and you keep her to over half the, or less than half that rather at 10 points game I, I, I think she was um, uh, definitely the epitome of what hustle or being a, a like Sean calls her a, a defensive gnat <laughs> um, she she embodied that yesterday
0: yeah I, I'm gonna to have to go with Nicole as well. That was kind of I was leaning that way anyway, and the two of you were gonna outvote me to be with that anyway. but yeah. I, I did point I did want to say that I really thought that Chloe came off the <laughs> bench and did another nice job um, from that standpoint. But when you just watch this team, it kind of like Joel said when you know when they're at their best, they, the, the Nikki's really setting the tone on the defensive end, and I think the other kids kind of can feed off of that. The one concern you obviously are going to have with Nikki is if she gets in foul trouble, because with the way she plays, you get an officiating crew that wants to be ticky-tack. Hopefully she'll be able to adjust, but she plays such a, a gritty type of defense. I'm not sure that's all that easy to change that mindset, but yeah, Nicole Cardano-Hillary gets, gets our Hoosier Hustle Award from yesterday, and so now... Grace Berger with three Chloe with two uh, and that makes Nicole second as well. And then Mac Keandra, Lex, Grace Wagner, and Caitlin Peterson all have one hustle award each. So, Anything else that you guys want to talk about here and uh, any lingering storylines? Also those of you who are here in the workaholics in the chat, if anybody's got any questions you want us to answer here, as we head towards segment three, at the end of segment three, put it in the the chat and we'll try and answer it best we can.
1: Yeah. Um, Nothing specific to this game. I'm sure we, we definitely have some lingering storylines and some questions that we can cover off maybe in the, um, the closing moments. I I don't have anything specific to this game. I guess the, the maybe specific, I, I will i, I lied I, I do have one specific and that's um, springboarding off of our real hustle word i think we're going to see nicole and her de- defense be really tested against iowa yes. here on saturday right i mean you have um Kate, caitlin peterson i'm sorry caitlin Clark. clark. <laughs> wrong caitlin <Yeah. laughs> a lot of caitlin's out there caitlin clark on iowa is just ridiculous and you cannot let her shoot literally from anywhere once she gets into that half court. So I, that'll be a lingering storyline. Nicole's defense has been, you know, we where <laughs> she keeps those players pretty well in check. So I, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah. So
0: Sean, you got anything else you want to add in here? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, to, uh, to
2: add to that uh, Iowa game, um, they, they've got a big down, down low. That is uh, really good too. So um, I, I think it's going to, you know that's going to challenge us too with that, uh, and hopefully we have, hopefully we'll have Mac back uh, for that game. But uh, yeah, I think uh, those two players. It'll be uh, be interesting to see how uh, IU handles those two players, and uh, if they can lock them down like they did uh, Michigan State.
0: Yeah, and, and I'll kind of piggyback off here. We've got a couple of questions in the chat. Uh, let's start with Joel's first. Joel wants to know, does Peterson get no respect or is she just a foul machine? I will kind of put this out there first. I think as a freshman, she probably doesn't get much respect, especially when she's guarding somebody else who is seen as kind of a veteran Big Ten player. But that's just my opinion. I think as it goes along, she'll get a little bit more. She won't quite get as many ticky-tack foul calls yeah. as she
1: gets. Yeah, Sean and I talked about um, Caitlin Peterson during the game, and I I think yesterday it was just a bad matchup for her in in terms of what, you know, she's able to do right now. Again, she's a freshman, and she doesn't quite move her feet enough, and she gets a little handsy reaching in, and um, she got those two quick fouls, and then I don't think we saw her again until late into the fourth quarter when the game was well in hand, so I, I don't think it was a good game Um, a matchup for her with that. I I think she needs to get that under control. And definitely with as much, you know, as Coach Morin values defense, she's just got to be able to learn to move her feet. Um, We saw some offense from her earlier in the year in a couple of games and and some glimpses of that. And I think she has all the makings there to be what, which is I'm sure why they recruited her, to be what what Coach Morin is looking for. It's just, she's not there yet. So I I think you're right. and I will agree with that. I think it's more, it's, I don't know if it's the, the respect, but then that she does get in and she fouls. And so you can't, you can't play her. So I think it's a combination of her being a freshman and just always seems to, to get some quick fouls early on when she does play.
0: Sean, you got anything else you want to add about Caitlin Peterson?
2: Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, like Kathy said, we saw throughout the game. Uh, you know, she got those two or got a quick foul, you know, saw a coach telling her to keep her hands up and, you know, she, so then, later on in the game, she was doing that, and then she'd get called for a, another foul, and it's because she can't move her feet. So I think, you know, I think you know, being a freshman, she's got to, you know, maybe the game's a little bit fast for her yet. She's got to, she's got to evolve to that, get, you know, catch up to that. Um, but I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's just, you know, being a freshman, she'll get those, uh, she'll get those calls, you know, as she uh, progresses
0: in her career. Yeah, I I really agree with that. Especially if she starts to establish herself as one of the better players, not only on our team but around the Big Ten. Uh, Quang asked this one: chances for to win the Big Ten. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. The chat moved up a little bit, but Kathy, I'll let you go first. What do you think? Chances to win the Big Ten? I know we got. I saw you just post in the chat as well as so they're kind of we still got games to play, but up yeah. two in the loss column here.
1: Look, you know we we got some help this week for sure. Forgot Michigan State early on. And we thanked them by beating them yesterday, so that was a lot of fun. And then uh, we got some more help today with Northwestern beating Michigan. So uh, you know they were in in, in front, and we're now in the driver's seat. And really, our fate is in our own hands. Now, unfortunately, we don't get another shot at Michigan, but we've got a, a you know you know two lost cushion, if you will, over them. But we got to take care of business. We got Nebraska coming up tomorrow, and you cannot look, overlook Nebraska. We've got Iowa twice and Maryland. So four of those five games, they're going to be tough. And, you know, Maryland and Iowa and Nebraska are three of the four are on the road. So they have to take care of the business. So to be honest, I like our chances, but it's, it's a tough road. And But they're in the driver's seat. So the fate's in their hand. But I like our chances.
0: Sean? Yeah,
2: I, I agree. I, I really like our chances. Um, you know, the only thing I gotta say is you know, we can't let up. You know, we got to go in and we, we got to go in and fight and um, keep playing like we like we did in the third quarter, you know, if we, if we can do that, I mean, yeah, we're going to, I, you know, we're going to walk away with that, but, uh, we've got some, uh, tough competition and in, in Iowa and, you know, Maryland, uh, those games, uh, they're, they're not going to be easy. So, uh, we're going to have to fight for them and, uh, hopefully we can, uh, um, get Mac back and, uh, yeah, I, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens, but, uh, I, I really like our chances.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I would say if you're kind of doing it as a percentage, I think we're above 50% to win it. But I agree with what Ari and what – and I was thinking the same thing about Nebraska. Just They've been very good at Hulk. And they beat Michigan at home. Now they have not played as well on the road, but we're going to Lincoln tomorrow uh, to play them. So I think they're going to get a pretty hostile environment knowing that IU is on top of the Big Ten standings. But right now they control their destiny and you really can't ask for anything more than that. As well, uh, I'll go ahead. Go ahead and ask this one last question here from Ari. Despite returning nearly every player across the board from last year, why do we think the Big Ten has taken such a step back in quality, especially in the middle? Kathy,
1: well, I think Ari would be in a better position to <laughs> I so. to be honest. I, I don't. I really couldn't couldn't tell you. I mean, we we got those our you know top four or five teams but you know, that are really strong, and then you've got. But like Northwestern and Rutgers, it, 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 it's almost like we don't have a middle. It's like you have our top five teams and then the rest of the league. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, an interesting, uh, it's an interesting occurrence that, you know, they've gotten so many players back. Um, maybe, I don't know, it comes down to the, just the quality of the players that the, the individual teams have. You know, yes, for example, we got all of our players back, but maybe you compare that to who Rutgers got back. And while they're the same players coming back it's just the difference in the quality, why it stepped backwards from last year. Maybe our, just because the quality was higher to start with, it just even grew more different. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> you got anything, Jeff, that was a terrible I'll answer. I'll <laughs> give Sean a
0: chance to answer before I give mine. Yeah. That, that, I, I'm i with Kathy. I, I'm
2: not sure why uh, they had such a disparity there between the, um, between the teams. And it's just, uh, I, I think, yeah, maybe it's just the, the, uh, the competition. Maybe they're. Maybe they're. Maybe the players just aren't gelling this year for some reason. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure quite quite why that is.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I think there's kind of a combination of things. I think one, like Kathy mentioned, maybe they really weren't as good. And I kind of think, I, I liken it to IU football. We went eight and two during the COVID year in football, and everybody thought we were going to take that next step, and we didn't, unfortunately. And, and, and trust me, I was just as disappointed because I thought we were going to have a big year. But I think some of those teams in the Big Ten last year, you know, that COVID year was really weird from the standpoint of practicing no fans in the stands, really. I mean, they really basically played with only family in the stands. And I think so. I think some teams handled that better than other teams did. And so I think that middle looked a little better last year than it probably really was. Um, and also, um, you know, it just sometimes things don't always flow year to year. I mean, we've all seen teams, um, for our favorite teams, whether it's football, basketball, pro, college, you're thinking, man, we got all these teams back. I guess I'm old enough to remember back to 1984 when IU beat North Carolina in the Sweet 16, had almost everybody back. Everybody thought 85 was going to be a great year. And that year went to, well, we know what that year went to. It became the season on the, you know, it led to the season on the break. But um, you don't always get, just because they're all back doesn't mean they're all going to make them, you know, be ready for that expectation either. Uh, Grace and I talked a little bit about this earlier in the year. That, you know, when you have success, everybody knows it and and you're going to people are going to want to defend you. They're going to come out. And, and, and I think she's felt this a little bit. She has never said this. I'm just I think she's felt this a little bit that I think she gets better the other teams now, even though she was all big 10 and everybody knew about her as a sophomore, her year last year has made her that much more of a focal point. And that's that, that to me, there's a combination of factors in there, but I think Ari probably knows more about the depth of the league. So I'm not sure why he's asking us in here, <laughs> but you know, already hope we answered it as best we can. Um, but yeah, Ari did point out Rutgers lost to almost everybody. Cause I asked him that question today. I mean, just amazing. And, and, and I've forgotten that C. Vivian Stringer wasn't coaching this year. Uh, she had taken the year off. So, yeah.
1: But, the other but thing still, they
0: shouldn't be winless.
1: Right. For sure. Uh, the other thing I would be interested in seeing, though, are, are, are injuries and, and maybe even um, how that right. is hurt throughout. So, for example, Michigan just dropped two this week. To be fair, to point out to them, they their lost their, their second leading scorer with Brown being out. Um, I'm pretty sure she played against us. So at some point between the time they played us and, you know, when they lost to Michigan state earlier this week, they've lost their second leading score. So maybe there's some of those factors that are are coming into play as well, too. But boy, we'd have to sit down and break down all of the teams to to really understand. I think it's a deep question.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And real quick, Kirkwood, I'll answer your question. Yes. Pretty much everybody, but Allie can come back. You have Lex, Nicole and and Grace will have some decisions to make about whether they want to come back next year. And so, We'll kind of answer that question. Um, preview our upcoming shows tomorrow. Our next post game show it will be after the Nebraska game. That game is on BTN tomorrow night for all of our fans. It's at seven PM Eastern, six PM Central. Uh, Nebraska currently eighteen and six overall, seven and six in the Big. Uh, but they're also coming off an eighty-two to sixty-three win at Illinois, and Indiana leads the series ten to five, having won six in a row. Including a 72 to 65 win on January the 13th, which was the first game that Mac missed. So you're basically about one month to the day uh, where Mac has been out. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of shows up. Um, And then the Tuesday night, the men will have a post game show as they are playing um uh wisconsin they have wisconsin and assembly hall and so the, the the ac radio the ac guys will have a post-game show after that so you're listening to the doing the work iu post-game show remember to check out our friends at home field apparel and use the promo code home h-o-m-e at checkout to get 15 off your first order okay it's time for last call and sean i'll give you a chance to go first on last call
2: yeah i i think this this game was just uh, really outstanding. On you know, from a Grace Berger standpoint, uh, you know, watching her come in and uh, set a career high, and it was just uh, really seeing her come through and spark the rest of the team. Um, and then watching Nicole and her defense uh, shutting down uh, Cloudin, and it was just uh, overall, you know, a great victory for the team. You know, with with five people, you know, five ladies scoring in double digits. Uh, it was just, uh, an all around, uh, win for the, for the team. Um, I'm excited to see once, uh, what happens when, uh, when Mac does come back to see how, uh, how the team adjusts and, uh, you know, with, uh, with Chloe stepping up her game, uh, recently and with, uh, um, Keandra Brown, you know, her, her defensive efforts and, and everything, uh, I think it's uh, it's, it's going to be exciting. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to uh, Mac coming back. But uh, as far as this game uh, uh, yesterday, it was just an all-around uh, team effort, I think. Kathy, last call.
1: Yeah, um, I think Sean summarized the game perfectly. Uh, and I, I want to maybe take a bigger step and just see my my lingering questions, things I'm going to be watching for. And we've touched a little bit on all of these. So we're in the driver's seat, right, of the winning the Big Ten outright. Uh, we got some help from some teammates earlier in the week, but how are we going to respond? We got 13 in 13 days. We have six games. We're still without Mac, and that's that's the missing piece right now. I think if we can get her back for Iowa, especially um, even if she can only play limited time, and really start getting her mixed back into the flow of the game, and really getting her her basketball legs, so to speak, back underneath her, both literally and figuratively, since it was a knee yeah. a knee problem that that all coming together if we can we can really finish out strong these last two weeks i just i love what we're going to see i think coming into march and i think this team's going to be a real force to be reckoned with so um again just can we sustain it um we got some tough games coming up too so yeah. you know game by game i, I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be a fun room to the finish
0: yeah, I, my I kind of like that, Kathy, as as kind of a, a lingering question. Just that, it, how will you play with the target on your back? Because when you're number one in the in the league, whatever league it is, everybody's going to be coming for you, and they're going to and even for team like Northwestern that can't win the league, they're going to take some pride if they can go in there and beat us and be like, well, hey, we cost them possibly a chance. So you're going to have to be ready, Nebraska, in the same way. Um, Mike, to me, the lingering question is when is Mac possibly back? Um, I don't think we'll see her tomorrow. I don't think we may see her Thursday against Northwestern. But can we see her at home in Assembly Hall next Saturday against Iowa? to me that would be a huge lift um just to get her some minutes I, I always you know she didn't have to play half the game just get her 10 to 12 minutes and then get her you know maybe another 10 to 12 on monday against the return trip to iowa just build her some minutes so she's feeling like by the time we get to the big 10 tournament all right and, and and to me so that's kind of a big question you know i i feel like the kids have really made some progress this week and where they are so um I just want to I, I just want to see when we can get Mac back as a, a as if we can get Mac back and be healthy as close to healthy as we can. I like where this team's opportunities are in March and Quang, I want to thank you and all the workaholics who are giving us such positive feedback in the chat every time we're on. So uh, thank you from that. So that will do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtubecom back uh, slash assembly call. And don't forget to join. Don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo, and thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you tomorrow night, Monday night, after the Nebraska game. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers.
1: No rest for the women and no rest for our show. (laughs)
0: John, you did great. (laughs) <laughs> Sean, you were awesome. And and by the way, again, everybody who's been there in the chat today and, and been following along, we, you, you guys, you can't you can't understand, at least for me, and I, I I don't want to totally speak for Kathy, but for us to hear people who come up to us, whether it's in the chat or at the meetup at Switchyard, tell us how much they appreciate the show. Uh, it really means a lot. So it helps spread the word. Obviously, we want to get all the people who want to listen to about, talk about IU women's basketball, but we appreciate our core loyal people who've been here with us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and same thing, even if you're not able to listen to us live like our, our few people that were able to today or will after the games, uh, to those of you that listen later on YouTube or in you know, your podcast feed, thank you for all of that. Um, we're not doing this because we're getting paid and making a ton of money. We're making nothing off of this. We do it because we love it. And really, we want to just spread the support of our women's basketball team. We're not here for ourselves. We're not here for any other reason other than the fact that we think these women have just played outstanding, especially the last five or six years as the program has grown. And that's what we're here to do is just to, to share that love of it and, and to spread that and to get more support for the women out there.
0: Yeah. Sean, thank you for being here today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks it's for nice. having me. All right, yeah. I'm going to put you guys on the spot before we go. Super yep. Bowl, Rams or Rams or Bengals, Sean?
2: Uh, For me, it's the Rams. So I, uh, I guess I don't, uh, don't uh, follow either team, but uh, I just uh, I like uh, Stafford as quarterback. Uh, kind of want to see him win just because of uh, all the time he spent at uh, at Detroit on uh, those losing teams, and uh, uh, I, I like uh, you know cheering for the underdog. So.
1: Are they the underdog?
2: I don't know that they're the
0: underdog. I think he—he's been, oh, been an he underdog is. for a number of years. So yeah, the the Rams. Last time I saw, the Rams were a four and a half point favorite. Kathy, Rams are bigger. Uh,
1: I think so too. I think Burrow's um, offensive line is going to be a little suspect today, and I think oh yeah, hey yeah, Ari just put it in there. Burrow's going to get sacked a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: yeah. I'm going with the Rams, so we're across the board here. So when we talk tomorrow night, we're either going to have something to be happy about, or we're going to have to tell the chat mob we didn't know what we were doing when we picked the Rams. So.
1: Yeah, so. no idea. I don't have any idea. So I bet on both teams just to be fair. I've been doing a little sports betting this year, so I put money on both. So I'm
0: covered. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, put, I put money on the Rams, but you're you're like going to the that's like going to the roulette wheel and putting money on black and red. I right?
1: did. I know that's what I <laughs> do sometimes. No, I they actually had some special in like at the it's a um, fantasy draft or whatever i can't even remember what thing app i used but they had some like like a parlay for both sides and i'm like oh whatever and it was like some like ridiculous bet five bucks and you win like 40 something that's my big betting is a whole five dollars so yeah, i
0: don't get a whole lot either so yeah hey we'll let you guys go you guys have a great evening enjoy the yeah, game sure. we'll talk to kathy i'll talk to you tomorrow
1: um, right.
0: Sean, you want to try again
1: tomorrow with us? Are uh, we'll, you
0: see. we'll see. So you'll be the host tomorrow night with tomorrow yep. night's show. So we'll have uh, Kathy be the host tomorrow night. Everybody enjoy your evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow after the Nebraska game. All right.
1: All right. Thanks, Thanks everyone. everyone.
0: See ya.